Yeah, just start yeah, talking, so and we'll see. So I'll tell you, I'm not superior to anybody. I'm just taller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you won't argue with me on that one, Jeff. So we'll keep talking. Uh, we, while you're setting up there and getting ready, yeah. Mark and I met our friend Tony, and we this was sort of a second reunion from our high school class, and they just showed me the tour of a lifetime down in Akron. I mean, I grew up there, and I saw things this last time that I didn't know existed. It was absolutely phenomenal. Really? Well, I came with a checklist. You know, you're a kid, yeah. and you remember all these things, and then I lived there until I was 25, and I moved down to Florida forever. My mom got sick. We moved back to Ohio to take care of her. Never got in touch with these two guys, which was the crime of the century. Left, went to North Carolina, and lo and behold, the 50th reunion shows up, and our buddy Tony looks me up, and we all got back together. So I figure this is my last trip to Ohio, or at least dragging them around for the reunions. From now on, we'll go somewhere exotic. But they they showed me everything I wanted to it see. Was, it was totally cool. Tony to drove. Back. He was uber excellent, yeah. <laughs> if that's the term. And Mark was the photographer. Yeah. I mean, he got pictures of everything. No, I was the guy in the back seat. Hey, you in the back seat. Get out and take pictures of the school building. <laughs> hey, we, we kept telling him to get out, but yet it was at childproof locks. <laughs> he was stuck. That's not a joke. Uh, uh, Tony, Tony, Tony what is Tony? Electrical engineer? What is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he can't figure out the childproof locks. Uh, he has to reopen it every. This was 110, you know, openings. Oh, hey, easy. Tony, could you open the door, please? How, how, how can He's I how can I thank here. you, Tony, to, to not ask every time? Jeez. Anyway, anyway, it was fun. So, I mean, but I mean it was just that was the, the reason that brought us up there together and everything like this, but it was fortunate because it gave us a chance to for me to meet you. Mark's kinda known you forever, I guess. Well, and he doesn't minutes. stop talking about you. You know, that's the problem. <clears throat> so He's, I had to see if it was true and doggone if it ain't. He's easily impressed. That's all it is. Yeah, when he when we leave here, you know, Gary will give back the keys to the rightful owner of the studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Return to his shack by the river. Well, no, I thought he was the other Benora and Gruber. <laughs> oh yeah, he is. Yeah, tell us about that other Benora. Were you the first Benora? I was the first one. Okay. Yeah, and uh, oh man, we loved our neighbor, and his wife left him, and they got divorced, and uh, he rented out for a couple of years. He lives in Dayton now, and. Uh, he called me one day and said, hey, I think we sold the house. He said, if you see him walking around the property, go out and introduce yourself. You're really going to like him. I said, great. So I saw him out there, and I went out and introduced myself. And I said, hi, I'm Gary. And they said, I'm Todd. I'm Rachel. And uh, I called my neighbor, my old neighbor back the next day and said, geez, you're right. They seem like really nice people. I'm <laughs> glad you found them. And he said, and you got to love that last name, don't you? And I said, I don't know what is their last name. He goes, "Oh, it's Benor. Did I leave that part <laughs> I out?" <forgot> to mention. <laughs> uh, why? Yes, you did. <laughs> well, you should have told. Me we're on a first name basis. We don't need no last names. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I don't think we're any kind of relation. So, well, anytime you guys want to start, I'm going to turn <clears throat> me down a little bit here. No, I mean this is it. We we started when you hit that record button. Yeah. You know, at we're, some point, you know, we're if, into it. If when you're done with this, if I could have the raw file too, yeah, because I'll pull out some of these little laughs and expert excerpts yeah. and do different things with it because it's, you know, that, that's where some of the 
The Usually he takes is. out about three quarters of what I say, Gary. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you leave me in charge of editing? It's your own fault. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Well, no, Mark kept saying, "Well, geez, what, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about?" You know, and I wanted I, to make this uh, this formal list of uh, you know. I was born at a very early age, and start from there. You know? Yeah, and uh, it's like, well, why don't we talk? Why don't we just talk? What I mean, a concept! Yeah, it's it's a it's a concept. I, we, I thought the name of your podcast should be Two Guys Shooting the Shit" <laughs> <laughs> or Two Guys Talking." Subtitled: Two Guys yeah. Shooting the Shit and Missing." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Mark has been fascinated. Not uh, that's not the right word. He's I think he's jealous because you can't do a lot of cool things on a trombone, like evidently, like tour with the band for 50 years. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that's got to be exotic. I mean, just uh, the experiences. I mean, I, in my mind, the nice thing about getting older is you can invent things in your own mind and believe them. And so at most of my life I spent with the Moody Blues, and I just enjoy <laughs> them. I had a job before I moved up to... Oh, or before I moved down to North Carolina, I was in Ohio. We bought some land in North Carolina, and we ran back up here to sell the house, and it took a year and a half to sell. So the wife says, get a job. We were getting propane one day at the Canal Fulton Hardware. And they had a sign, help wanted. She says, get in there. So I do, and one of the other guys that was working part-time was a, a cop, and he's also in Time Traveler, which is a Moody Blues the so like, like a tribute band? Yeah, a tribute band. Tribute, Correct. yeah, that's yeah, exactly it. They're a tribute band. He plays the organ. His name is Jeff Kostick. And, you know, he was telling stories about, well, at one time I, I was with Poco, not with them, but, you know, in the same room with Poco because we were on the same stage together with Time Traveler. And I listened to a few of their songs, you know, the, that they're allowed to record. And they're very good. They're very, very good. And so, in, again, in my mind, <laughs> you know, oh, I'll just jump in and play. We're going to Ohio. I'll jump in there and sit down and play along with something. I'm, I'm totally in love with uh, Welcome Back, My Friend. Lovely to see you again, I guess yeah. is the name of the song. And Mark says it's copyrighted, so I can't put it on any of the shows, but it's really cool music. Well, I would think you could put anything on your shows that you want. <laughs> And to Nobody's see listening. if you hear from somebody, and if you do say, you know what, that's uh, forgiveness, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll stop that. I mean, YouTube is full of things that say, I don't own any of this, and I'm not making any money. Um, so, I, I really enjoy this. This is my tribute to the tribute band or whatever. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, that's, that would be great. I think we might. You're going to hear it pretty soon. Yeah, well, we're meeting with the attorney tomorrow, so... We'll, oh, we'll, Lord, there goes that. <laughs> we'll see how that works out. You yeah. might as well... Yeah, go say, ahead and, uh, and just steal as much stuff as you can, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, make sure you use my name when you publish it. <laughs> well, there's a, uh, there's a world-famous uh, English philosopher um, that I know a fair bit about. His name is uh, Richard Starkey, but he goes by the uh, uh, philosophical uh, name Ringo Starr. Oh. And... Uh, when he was accused of stealing a lot of stuff for uh, his version of uh, You're 16, You're Beautiful in Your Mind. Yep. Because uh, uh, Harry, uh, dead singer, Harry... Harry Chapin. No, Harry... Harry Harry Nelson. Harry Nelson. Harry Nelson 
stole all the background vocals from the original and did them perfectly. And so when Ringo was accused of stealing, he said, here's the thing about that. He said, if you steal good stuff, it's just a testament to your good taste. It's only a crime if you steal terrible stuff. <laughs> so, just steal good stuff. There you go. It's a... It's uh, a great quote. Well, now we'll put his name on it. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, um, you know, more of a memorial that way than the yeah, natural Yeah, I mean, it's, you're, you're honoring people. Right? Yes, an homage. Yeah. Exactly. An homage. <laughs> Thank so. you for asking that question, Gary. I, I, yeah. I took up a lot of valuable recording time, but... Uh, that's all right. We can yeah. make more than one tape out of this. Yeah, well, it's on our minds. Yeah, look, we haven't even gone all the way across the screen yet. I'm not sure if this is a rabbit hole you want to go down, but <clears throat> was what you did legal? Uh, There's an old saying from a, <laughs> a philosopher friend of mine. It's better to ask forgiveness than permission. I believe that was Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, yeah. Well, let's put it this way: we were stealthily looking for the opening where nobody would be um, getting in the getting in our Involved. area. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a, such a personal thing that you know we didn't want to. You know, there was always a possibility that, you know, a pack of e-bikers would be, you know, come come screeching up the hill, you know, yeah. the, the moment uh, mom was uh, sending off. So uh, To answer your question specifically, Gary, if I wanted to deliver my mom's ashes in Lake Erie, there is a procedure for that. You have to go through three separate agencies and pay a fee for them to review your paperwork and say, wow. yes, indeed, it is cremains. They've been incinerated. There's nothing wrong with there, as long as you, know, as long as right. you can prove that that's, you're not getting rid of dumping toxic waste or something. So Yeah, or, three, or the mobster from the other side of town makes exactly. the biggest competitor. It's not the evidence you're getting rid of. <laughs> yeah. So the legality part of it, I think, is more, we didn't want to lose out on the fees because, you know, it's like $150, $200 to get all the different approvals on that. And the ashes end up in the same place. There's no there's no recycling them. There's no making them any purer or any less ashier. <laughs> so you know? it's sort of like the food theory. Why make it look good on your plate? Because it all ends up in your stomach anyhow. <laughs> so why go through the steps if Lake Erie and eventually going over the falls is her... Uh, well, her... no, the falls was the start of the journey. That was that was the part I got oh, to I'm see. I'm talking about the big ones, Nigel. <laughs> oh, 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 my gosh. Yeah, thank you. And she'll be didn't going over with... Didn't think this through, did I? No, you did not. <laughs> she'll be going over without a barrel. <laughs> yeah, it's like Alan Alda and same time next year. I guess I didn't think things through. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, eventually she will be in Venice. In my mind, she's halfway there now, and you know? I just she's on her way. I, I did I did my best for you, Mom. You know, and then our buddy Tony and his wife. He's our age, and she's a teenager, basically. No, she's, you're not. But. She's fifty four, something like that. She's a doll. She's really nice. They travel, they go skiing, they do all this stuff. And Tony is the consummate travel planner. And she said, you know, it's nice that you guys did what you did, but you, if you had just told Tony you wanted to go to the real Venice, he'd have made that happen. He would. <laughs> yeah, he's like that. I mean, he, 
he would have got the best rates on tickets to get everybody together, yeah. put us put a mini tour together, get a rental van over there so we can drive through the countryside yeah, first. We would have had a personal gondola. Yes. Waiting for us. But yeah. you also would have had to fill out those forms in Italian. <laughs> Again, how do, you, how do you ask forgiveness in Italian? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Forgive me. There you go. Forgive me, please. Wow. It's easy, see? Jeez. Um, that's a great story. Um, she was a great lady. My... Uh, Make me feel like a bad son. My mom passed in 2016, and we just buried her. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's no no drama, no muss, no fuss. Um, well, to see the thing about it was, I'm married to a girl who grew up and lived in Berlin, New Hampshire. All right, and so her family ties her up there. On her first two husbands, <laughs> her starter husbands. Uh, they ended up, she bought a plot up there, uh, what she refers to as a six-banger or a six-pack. Right. And, you know, so there's a, a family plot right aside of where her mom's buried. And I thought, well, I mean, that's fine, but my mom has never been there, you know, has no memory of it, and nobody would know who she was. And so we ended up, we actually bought headstones for us and for her, her ex, who we get to also mail, because I... I panicked when the one I ordered through the mail, hadn't did, the box didn't show up. So we went to the post office and got one. The next day, the one I ordered showed up. So <laughs> now we have the spare one. She says, hey, great, we can mail Fred now. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we have the, the headstones that we bought. And it's got, you know, B-Land, which is my wife's name. So people will at least know who that stone is. And then it says, you know, Marie... Beeland plant wife of Jeffrey Adkins. You know, so I have reason for being there now. And the husband that we're mailing, husband number two, is at the far corner. But he because he was with her when they bought it. You know, she actually paid because she wanted to be by her mom. But, you know, now he's got a resting place too. But there was no point I could see no reason in the world to put my mom there. You know, and it, we're Catholic. And there was the debates for the longest time ever about, you know, well, you can't cremate the body. Because how are you going to get back at the resurrection? God doesn't care in my mind. You know, he can he can put pieces together. He did the Big Bang. He can figure out which piece goes where, and you're going to be back whole mentally or however God does it. So I've gone again. I, again, forgiveness is what I'm hoping for on my deathbed. but <laughs> You're really counting on this, aren't you, Jeff? I am. I'm a firm believer. Jeff, you have read my mind for so many years. There's, I, I was born and raised Catholic, so was my wife. And perhaps we didn't think this through because we bought two burial plots at a parish down in Bedford, Michigan, which is right on the Ohio border. And uh, we were going to Mass every week back then when the kids were little and then when they were in grade school and high school and... I can't remember the last time we were at church that there was no wedding or a funeral. Um, so I'm afraid one of these days we may show up and they may say, hey, <laughs> you don't think we're going to let you lay in our <laughs> cemetery, do you? But uh, I remember when I was a kid and the uh, and one of the nuns saying, we don't believe in cremation because you need your body to bring for God to bring you back. And I remember thinking, 
All right. I've seen pictures of skeletons. The body won't be left anyhow. Exactly. And B, he can create the universe, but he can't put your arms and legs back together? (laughs) That does not seem right to me. When I die, I'm going to get my bladder back. There you you go. It's wonderful. Unfortunately, my tonsils too, but who knows? (laughs) Whatever else I lost along the way. (laughs) Well, I used to wonder... So when he gives me my body back, will I be a young and healthy 18? If I die when I'm 98, I'm not sure I want that body back. My not wife really. and I argue, not argue, but we discuss this. We believe that our pets will be with us. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven. So, oh, yeah, we believe that now. But I can't imagine being happy for eternity without them. Being happy for eternity as reward for doing checking off all the boxes and things that you have to do to get in. And I think they did away with purgatory. I'm not sure. But, you know, it's like... I think that was maybe abolished in uh, the Vatican Council 64. I don't know. So we, we, we got a reprieve or we got an early early release Perhaps. or something. So we're going to... We're not going to be in our decrepit old bodies and my walker won't be around. Because that's not the happy moment in my life. You're going to remember all the good stuff. It's tough. The people that can only remember the bad things in life, I pity them so severely. I'm the eternal optimist. I remember the good. And then he reminds me, but didn't that that when you broke your leg? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it was a a clean break. Yeah, leave it to a negative net over here. (laughs) So I think when we all get, get to heaven, you know, you're going to get together with the band. We're all going to, I'm going to be able to play a trombone properly because his mother tried but didn't succeed. It was just, I mean, we, we, we hit all the childhood memories on this tour, so it was, it was nice. We took the boxes. It, when, when we all get back together, we get the band back together in the heaven, we're all going to be at that happy moment in our life, and everybody will understand exactly what's going on. Well, how well? Since I wasn't around for most of your journey together, um, did you play the trombone, Mark? Because your mother played the trombone. No, she oh, she, no, no. she she played piano, and 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 early on, uh, she would accompany me and Jeff, you know, just on the piano. So we'd get a book of what Green Sleeves and yeah, other. There was songs one note and, that I could hit. Yeah, yeah, Jeff, the one note wonder would play his note, and I'd play the the other ones. So did you Properly. both start playing the trombone? At the same well, it was, it was yeah. eighth grade, yes. and probably I want to say seventh grade because we we must have had two years of misery before around, we got around out. Around seventh, yeah. They decided they were going to have us start a band, so it was sales. The Paluchis or whoever it was came in, and they're going to rent us instruments. <laughs> yeah, the local store. It and wasn't so, the Paluchis, by the way. But wait, by the, by the wait time, a minute. Did they teach you to play by the think method? This <laughs> sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> well, no, that was the other part, because then, then they something about the trouble lessons. in River City, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's trouble in Akron, my friend. <laughs> it, it was funny, because the shorter kids, who were the, the, the in-click... Right, you know, I was I was tall and overweight, and you know, I was a baby Huey-ish kind of kid. I, I was actually skinny for a while, but I was I was not the center of attention of anybody's whatever. So all the all the smart kids that got over here and got they got the clarinet and the trumpet and the drums and all the cool stuff, right? So when they finally get down to me, so what would you like to play? And I was going to say I want to 
because I wanted to play trumpet. He says, well, with big lips like that and those long arms, you should play the trombone. You know, it was a genetic thing. <laughs> it had nothing to do with me, but they had trombones left. They had all the... They had enough trumpets and clarinets and everything else gone. They needed trombones and, and so and, I ended up and being a trombone. Well, yeah, I didn't want to do the sousaphone. So, you know, now you're you're paying what, I don't know three or four dollars a month rental on the trombone, and I think it was a dollar fifty per lesson. That's about right for the you know. And he would come to school, and you get out of class for half an hour, or it was after school for half an hour, whatever, and he would come in. He says, geez, you still can't read them notes, can you? So he would write the positions. You know, the thing would say C, D, E, F, A, you know. He'd write one, six, seven, you know. You know and he'd write the, the slide position that I could translate in my head because I couldn't read notes. I, I He would go home at night and talk to his mom, and they'd sit down at the piano for a couple hours, and she'd say, now this is a C and this is a bow. And he got good. And... So then he'd say, come on over, we're going to have a lesson. So I'd carry, you know, we're walking, carrying our trombones. And, you know, the trombones are big, ugly box things. You know, a trumpet was cool. It had like a briefcase. But get to his house, we pull everything together. The one saving feature on a trombone is it has a spit valve at the very end. And so anytime I was not prepared for something, I'd fiddle with my spit valve. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably why he moved house. Spit, but I thought that was a rule of life, Jeff. Don't, <coughs> don't fiddle with your spit valve. Don't, uh, especially, especially when you're sitting over your friends. Especially <laughs> you're sitting over your mother's Persian rug. Again, yes. forgiveness, not permission. Yeah. 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 My. So um, this, is, this, is, this is really interesting in that. In our Jeff and my little minds, we thought, okay, Gary has this illustrious uh, musical journey that he's been on since forever. And we've just waxed for the last, what, 15 minutes about our musical careers. <laughs> aren't, aren't we geniuses? Well, I think we're actually past the half hour mark at this point. <laughs> but editing can do wonders with that. Um, 